seat. All right, if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 14. If you need a Bible, we've got them. And if you don't have one and you don't get one, we have a beautiful electronic one up here on the screen for you. Um, but while you are turning there, can I ask you guys a question? Have you guys ever seen somebody do crazy things just to get people to like them? Yeah? Okay, let's have a real moment of honesty here. How many of you guys have ever done crazy things just to get people to like you? Yeah? Okay. I, I will say the same thing. I have as well. I, you know what? This is going to sound like the weirdest one of all. But when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of left-handed people in my school. Um, and so, like, I learned how to do some things right-handed. And one of the things I did growing up was try to hide as much as possible that I was not right-handed. Uh huh. For most things, my dad taught me how to write with a pen with my right hand, um, and so there are a couple things I do right-handed. Yes, so there were some things I didn't have to hide hide for, but like, it, but there was a small season in my life where I I tried to hide the fact that I was left-handed because I was afraid people would make fun of me for it. So it's it's a thing. It's it, I know I told you said it would, I said it would sound weird, um, but listen, I, I I think most of us don't have to think very hard to be able to come up with. A sixth grader, seventh grader, or eighth grader, or maybe somebody in fifth grade or ninth grade on either end of middle school who has gone to extreme lengths just to get people to like them, right? I mean, honestly, let's let's think about this for a second. What are like what are some things that you've heard of people doing to to get others to like them before? Like for me, I I've heard of people doing things like um, buying certain clothes. Right? They, they, or, or avoiding wearing certain clothes. Right? It used to be a thing like way a, long, a while back um, that you didn't wear white until after Easter. After Labor Day and before Easter, you did not wear white. And there were people who would get mad if you did. Right? It was like a thing in like fashion stuff, I guess. I don't know. Um, but point is. We can think of some things that people have done before that are kind of out there, right? We will go really far to get people to like us. And I think it's because deep down, we don't like how it feels when we don't know what people think about us, right? Is there anybody in this room who genuinely enjoys the way it feels when you're wondering about how people feel about you? I mean, I don't, right? It's, I would venture to think that most of us don't like that. And the reason why is because I think we, we are told a lot about ourselves and what we're worth by what we think others are thinking about us. It tells us who we are and what we're worth. Or at least we allow it to tell us that. It doesn't actually tell us anything true or not true. It tells us what we think we need to understand who we are and, what, and how we're valued. And that might be a little confusing here at this heart, but as we go through this, it will make more sense. So here's what's going on. We're in Matthew chapter 14. We're in a series called Never Have I Ever, right? And we're talking about how there is a way to live life that you will never find anywhere else other than following Jesus. We've said in the past couple weeks, never have I ever found a hope so good that because Jesus is here, that gives us hope, right? And we said last week that never have I ever found a life so good that God's plan for us, even though it looks crazy, is what? It's good, right? Even if it looks crazy to us, because our whole life we've been living upside down, looking at the world through sin. And this week, we're going to do this one. Never have I ever found a love so good. It's actually on your handout. It's at the top in the right, um, in the corner. 
Okay, never have I ever found a love so good. That's actually the exact lyrics of the Never Have I Ever song. Did you know that? Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, this story happens just after Jesus fed the 5,000, right? We've been in it for two weeks already. This is our third week here. Jesus just fed the 5,000. He has sent the disciples across the Sea of Galilee to go on the other side, and he'll meet them over there. What should have been a two-hour boat ride turned into a multiple-hour boat ride because they hit a storm, right, in the middle of the night, and they got lost. And then they saw Jesus walking to them on the water and thought he was a ghost. But then we talked two weeks ago about how, no, it wasn't a ghost, it was Jesus. And because Jesus is here with us, that gives us hope, right? Jesus' reason for telling them to be, not be afraid was that he was there. And then Peter asked Jesus to command him to get out of the boat and walk on the water, which by all accounts looked absolutely bonkers and upside down and wildly crazy, right? But Peter knew God's character. He knew Jesus' character. He knew how good of a person he was. And how good of a, a leader Jesus was for Peter. So he knew he could ask Jesus to tell him to do crazy things. And so we asked ourselves, what are the things we need to give up? What are the things we need to focus on um, less so that we can focus on Jesus more? The things that make us feel secure like the boat made Peter feel secure, but they aren't Jesus. What are those things? We need to give them up because a life following Jesus is worth more than those things taking all our time. And tonight, we are talking about God's love in this story. Jesus is going to show us how much God loves us by what he does next in the story. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 28. Okay, Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Jesus is on the water. Peter sees him, and this is what we talked about last week, but we're going to use it to, to launch into what we're talking about this week. Matthew chapter 14, 28. Peter sees Jesus, and it says this, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Now, right there is where we stopped last week. So this stuff here is new for us. Verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. We all pray with me together. Uh, Father, we have been in this story for a while, um, but it's good because it's deep and it's got a lot for us to take. So I pray that you'd help us see how much you love us through this story, and I pray that you would help us to see um, what that means for our everyday lives, that we would make decisions tonight to follow you for the first time, or that we would make decisions to, to, to move things out of our lives to focus on you if we already are following you. Um, and guys, if you would take a second and pray for yourself. Ask God to speak to you tonight and ask him to teach you something from this story. And if you would, uh, pray for me too, that God would use me and that would be helpful for you. Father, we love you um, and we're grateful to get to do this together, so please use this time we have. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you do me a favor really quick? There's a light switch right here by your head that's got a slider on it. Can you slide that slider all the way up? Sweet. There are people in this room who are going to fall asleep and take a nap because uh, those lights were down, and that's not happening again. All right, here we go. Tonight's big idea. This is everything we're going to talk about. It goes in your blue box. God loves you better than anyone else ever will. God loves you better than anyone else ever will or anyone else will. God loves you Better is the word that goes in the blue box. God loves you better than anyone else will. So let's just look at the story for a second and see 
why that is the case. Okay, verse 28, here's what happens. Jesus' plan for Peter included some really cool miracles, right? In verse 28, what's happening? Peter gets out of the boat and walks on water, right? That is wild. Nobody does that. I saw a video on TikTok the other day of this guy that's like, oh, walking on water photos, and he put a stool in the water just under the water level, and then he had this girl stand on the stool, and it looked like she was walking on water, but we all knew she was just standing on the stool, right? The, the pictures looked awesome, and the pictures were epic because nobody walks on water, right? But she wasn't actually walking on water. She was standing on a stool that was under the water. Jesus had Peter actually doing this. That's wild and bonkers and crazy and awesome. And God's got really cool, awesome, miraculous things planned for our lives as well. First and foremost, a life forever with him when we die and when Jesus comes back. But until then, even, a full life of following him the way life was meant to be lived. But something happens in verse 30. What happens to Peter? Y'all can answer this question. What happens to Peter when he looks away from Jesus? He starts sinking in the water, right? Yeah, it's like he's doing great, and he's just kind of chilling, walking on the water like you know people do, and then he, all of a sudden he, the wind blows just the right way. He goes, huh? And he looks over here, and then he looks around him, and there's a storm, and the waves are going crazy like this, and all of a sudden he starts getting afraid, and he's like slowly, it's like it's like quicksand, right? And he's just slowly going down in the water. That we can tell. It sounds like he's going slowly. In the water, and here's what that tells us: the miracles that Jesus had for Peter only happened when Peter was focused on Jesus. You see that? The second he looked away, he started to sink. And we talked in the past about how the ocean and the water in the Bible, like that, represents the chaos of evil and sin, right? The unreliability of a world that's full of people who aren't following Jesus—it's scary. Just like the ocean is when you don't have anything to hold on to. That's why the boat was a secure thing to hold on to, right? When we start to look away from Jesus like this, that's what starts to happen to us. And we're going to break that down here a little bit in a second. Look at verse 31, though. Because Jesus could have just let Peter sink and taught him a lesson, right? He could have just let him go all the way under the water and let the water have its way. And then eventually, even if Peter did die, he could have brought Peter back from the dead, right? That's not what he does. As soon as Peter starts to sink and cries out for Jesus to save him, Jesus reaches down and grabs his arm and pulls him out of the water, and they get in the boat. And here's what's crazy about this. Jesus reached out to Peter and caught him, and then got in the boat and asked him, well, I don't know if they got in the boat yet, and then asked him a question, but he asked him a question, and he says, listen, why did you doubt me? Do you guys know what happened already in Matthew chapter 8 before this story? Another story where the disciples were in another boat, and Jesus was asleep in that boat. And another storm hit, and Jesus got up, and he stood at the end of the boat, and he said, peace, be still. And the whole storm shut down. And the whole ocean just calmly situated itself in a flat position, state. I don't know how to say it. I'm about to say words that I did not plan to say. So that's how I'm just coming out like that. Sorry, Siri. Um, point is, Jesus said, peace, be still, and everything stopped and got calm. They've already seen proof that Jesus has power over all these crazy things, right? So Jesus is asking Peter, why did you doubt me? Not because he's confused about why Peter is doubting him. He knows why Peter doubted him. Because the storm was big and because Peter's weak, right? And people are weak. People look away from Jesus every day. It happens all the time. But Jesus wanted Peter to understand, you shouldn't be doubting me here like this. Not because you shouldn't be doubting, but because you've already seen me do this before. 
right? Don't let your doubt take over. He's not telling Peter to never, ever doubt ever again. Because all of us are going to have moments in our lives where we doubt what God is doing. He's telling Peter, you've seen why you shouldn't doubt already. So lean, lean into that when the opportunity arises. Jesus loved Peter, and that's what saved him. Jesus could have let anything else happen to Peter, but he pulled him up. He reminded him of who he had been to him already, right? By saying, why did you doubt me? And then they got in the boat and the storm stopped. Jesus loved Peter. He didn't want Peter to just be blindly following him. He had to look back at what he had seen Jesus do already and then trust him like he did um, in the past. And Jesus is asking you the same question that he asked Peter. He's asking me the same question that he asked Peter. So the second blank on your, on your card says this, God's love is reaching out to you. It is reaching to you. God wants to talk to you. He wants a relationship with you. And he may already have been doing this. You might have been like, before this week happened, like you came in here, um, and, and there have been things happening over the last couple of days, and you're like, I'm pretty sure this is God telling me to do something, and now you're hearing me say God is reaching out to you, and you're like, oh yeah, for sure that's God. Um, and that may be you, and that's great. And if it's not you, you might be the person who... Uh, you don't have a inkling of a recognition of God is talking to you or not. God is reaching out to you. And I'm telling you that because you're sitting in this room right now listening to this story and this message, God is reaching out to you because this is God's word and I'm telling you what God has said. And God loves you just like he loved Peter. Because you are sitting here listening to this story right now, I know that God is reaching out to you. I'm not God. I'm just telling you what he said. Right? Do you hear him reaching out to you? Do you hear him calling you to a life like Peter had here, where, where awesome things can happen? The storm's still happening around him, but a life following Jesus can be full of awesome things um, that you never would have planned. You have a choice tonight, as God is speaking to us, whether or not you're going to be one person or another. So this is your third, your third blank. What kind of person are you going to be? Because here's the deal. I think a lot of us, when we think about the way we live our lives, really, our lives are just a bunch of decisions that we make every day, right? Every day we wake up and we make a hundred different decisions, probably more. What am I going to wear? Which way am I going to walk out of my, bath, my bedroom, right? Because some of us may walk the same line every day, and some of us might like adventure and go a different way every time, right? I took three steps straight forward out of the bed last time. Today I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to go that side and then go out. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with little decisions that we make every single day. We don't even realize that those are decisions that we make, right? You have to choose what foot you were going to put on the floor, as you got out of bed this morning. You had to choose who you were going to talk to. And there are some people you maybe didn't get to choose because as part of your life as a middle schooler. You just got to deal with what your parents put you through, right? But there are other things. You had to choose what you were going to eat for lunch or you had to choose um, whether or not you were going to drink enough water. All kinds of things. And when we make those decisions, we have a method and a process that we use to make those decisions. We may not even realize that we have that method because here's the deal. I think the reason that most middle schoolers aren't thinking about this is because when we make decisions every day, we're not thinking about why we're making decisions. Anybody thought today about the process behind why you decided the things that you did? One hand. Right? Nobody thinks about this. But it's, it's real. It's happening. We, we, we are thinking about why we're going to decide the things we're deciding before we ever decide them. And that's how we live our lives. Through that why. So your choice tonight is what kind of person you're going to be. The kind who does whatever feels right, because that's what most of us are doing, I feel like. Right? Like when somebody makes fun of you at school, how do you respond? What do you do? 
Nine times out of ten, it's probably whatever feels like the right thing to do in the moment. Right? If you see somebody in your friend group making fun of somebody in another friend group, or probably making fun of somebody who is in no friend group, what do you do? Probably whatever feels the most comfortable, right? We, we might tell ourselves it's what feels right, but really it's just what feels comfortable. So are we going to be the person who does whatever feels right? Or are we going to be the kind of person who sees that God loves us and has reached out to us and sent us a message of a story of his son who loved us so much because the father loved us so much and he died for us and has a plan for our lives that's good? Are we going to see that love and then go the way that God is going? Or are we just going to decide to do whatever feels like the right thing to do in the moment? I promise you that because most middle schoolers are living like this right here, that's why middle school stinks for so many people. It's because most people in middle school are deciding what they're going to do every day based on this. And it's not actually what's right. It's just what feels comfortable. Right? But we tell ourselves it's what feels right. This is why people get made fun of. This is why people get bullied. This is why people get like isolated from other groups of people. This is why people get... Um, the shame and the anxiety that they feel when they go to school every morning as a 6th, 7th, or 8th grader. This is why this is such a hard time of life for people. is because everybody's just doing whatever they think needs to be done because of how it makes them feel. But God loves us enough to have said, hey, your life can be the best version of itself that it could ever be if you follow me and trust me and that I have better plans for you. But you've got to choose to trust him. That's the number one obstacle for a lot of people. It's just admitting that we can't do this on our own and letting Jesus lead us. It is so hard for us to do. I've done a lot of things just because it felt right or to make other people like me. I spent too much money on clothes. I fought with my parents to let me go do things or go to places or even be on certain teams or groups or clubs or whatever that, that it were not going to be good for me, but I argued with them and made them tr- try to make them feel like they were awful, which they probably went to their rooms afterward and did feel like they were awful. Because you may not know this, but when your parents argue with you, nine times out of ten, it breaks their heart. Because it makes them feel like they're doing something wrong. So just think about that next time you go to yell at your parents. I've treated people like they were trash because it made other people laugh. A lot. Especially in middle school. I used to gossip about people all the time and tell stories I had no business telling just so I could be the one that said, yeah, I told you that. Like, that's me. You're paying attention to me because I had the news, I had the tea, right? That was me. I've done many more things besides this list. And I'm telling you that every single time I made those decisions because it just felt right. It felt, it felt like that's probably what I should have done right there. And every single time, at the end of it, I can tell you I felt like that was the absolute worst decision I could have made, the wrong decision to make. But I wasn't thinking about what God had planned for my life or where he wanted me to go. And I didn't realize how much he loved me and how good his plans were for me. So I thought that choosing his way would be kill, killing all the joy in my life and the happiness and all the fun things. Because that's, that's, I find all those things by doing what I want to do, not by doing what God wants me to do. I will have a boring life if I follow Jesus. That's what I thought. But the whole point of this entire series is that you will never find a life that is better than the one spent following Jesus because it's what you were made to do. It's like all of us are fish and we're all out on the beach and we say, no, sir, Mr. Aquarium Man, you don't get to put me back in the water because I get to choose if I'm on the land or not and I will be free on the land because the water won't confine me anymore and I can go wherever I want. They would die. That's the point. A fish is freest when it's where? 
in the water. And just like that, we are most free and get to have the most fulfilling and full life we could ever have when we're following Jesus. That's what we were made for. But every time we say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'll figure it out myself. I'm not going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do whatever sounds right to me. It's like being that fish on the beach and yelling at the man trying to put us in the water. Or it's like being on fire and yelling at the person trying to put our fire out with water. No, no, give me gasoline. That's what I want. I want gasoline. That's what it's like. The Bible says that in our sin we are dead. Because of the things we've done wrong in our life, we are dead. That's what brings death into the world. It's because we missed the mark of what we're supposed to be. And can we just all agree for a second that deep down inside human hearts, something is terribly wrong? Like, people are broken. Right? That's why the world is so bad. Middle schoolers acting like this is just a small version of it that's happening across the whole world. Russia had no business invading Ukraine, but they did it anyway. Right? Hitler had no business doing what he did to all those Jewish people in the rest of Europe, but he did it anyway. And those are just the giant versions of things. You have no business treating your sibling the way that you did today because they made you mad. But it was in your heart. You did it anyway. Right? I had no business doing those things on that list. It wasn't right. But it felt like it was right because they got me, so I'm going to get them back. Right? Everybody gets hurt when that happens. The Bible says that because we're dead in our sins, we can't do anything about it. Well, we have to have somebody come and save us. The Bible says that there's a man named Jesus who came. This is who we've been talking about this whole time. Because God loves us and he didn't want to just leave us there. It's just like Peter sinking in the water. He looked away from Jesus and his life just started going downhill. Or underwater. Right? And Jesus looked at the whole world and he saw us all doing the same thing. And he said, you know what? I love them. So I'm going to reach out. I'm going to give them the opportunity to grab my hand and be pulled out of the water. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross in the first place. Because somebody does something wrong, it means that somebody's got to pay for what's been done wrong. Right? So you get to choose. Are you going to do whatever you want and take on the responsibility of all the things that you've done? Or are you going to let Jesus' love take responsibility for you and save you from the chaos that's coming? Because here's what I'm going to tell you right now. If you're thinking, I would love to start a relationship with Jesus, but I really don't know. I don't know if tonight's the night. All I'm going to say is, you get to make that decision, but I can promise you that you go any direction besides following Jesus, it will only lead to death. Only. Because James chapter 1 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, the Father God, with whom there is no shadow due to change, not going to turn around and hide from us. Every good thing you've ever wanted in its purest form comes from God. And if you tell yourself you're going to find joy and happiness, and fulfillment and satisfaction by going and, and making fun of other people so you can be part of that friend group or skipping out on God altogether so you can play on your travel team that ne you never spend any time with God and you spend time with a bunch of people on that team who are doing terrible things to your soul or whatever else it's only going to lead to death and destruction and my guess is you probably already know what that ex experience is like because you, you felt the pain that comes with it so here's what we're going to do. I want you to take a second. I want everybody to sit up. Sit up straight. Put your butt back in your seat. Sit up straight. Hands on your lap. And I want you to just think about your life for a second. Close your eyes. Think about your life for a second. Why do you do the things that you do? My guess is that you probably aren't thinking much about the why behind what you do. 
one of the biggest things you need to take from tonight, if you don't take anything else, is that you need to be thinking about the why behind what you do. Because every decision that you make that isn't informed by God's love for you and the people around you is only going to lead to death and destruction, even if it looks good at first. It won't last. The way other people think about you will never fill you up. It will never make your problems go away. In fact, worrying about people liking you and even getting a bunch of people to like you is probably going to make your problems even worse. Go find somebody who has a lot of people who like them. Ask them if they're satisfied. That's why Justin Bieber wrote the song Lonely. I mean, it's a funny thing, but it's serious. Like he, he has millions of people who like him, and he's lonely. But guys, listen, Jesus' love is like nothing else. So your decision today is, is going to be to this. You're going to have to ask yourself if you're willing to say that Jesus knows best and you don't. Not because Jesus is trying to be manipulative and control your heart in a mean way, but because he's a good dad who loves you with all that he has, enough to have died for you. And you might be thinking, well, my dad stinks. I don't really like him. There's a lot of things about my dad that make me angry. Guess what? It's not fair to take who your dad has been and the mistakes he's made and put those on God and say God is that person. He's not. God is the father who created the idea of what a father should be in the first place because of who he already is. He's the OG. He is the... the I forgot the, the word. The prototype. The original. He's the one that it all came from. So don't map that onto him unfairly. Because if you're in this room and you need to start a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So those of you that have your eyes open right now, close your eyes, bow your heads. Here's the deal. If you're in this room and you're like, man, I want to trust Jesus and I want to have a relationship with him, but I have also never been the person to say that I admit that Jesus knows better than me and I'm a sinner. I've never believed that Jesus rose from the dead and I'm not, I haven't ever confessed that he's the boss of my life. If you've done that in this room, I'm not talking to you right now. But if you haven't, I want you to just, if, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus and you've never prayed a prayer to tell Jesus that you're a sinner, that you believe he rose from the dead and that you're confessing that he's the Lord of your life, I want you to just look up at me real quick if you've never done that and you want to do it tonight. Okay? Here's how this is going to work, okay? All you're going to do is you're going to pray this prayer after me. You can say in your own words if you want. You can say the exact words that I say. The point is that you believe the words that you say. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. Okay? Here's how this works. You say something like this. God, I know that I am a sinner and I have messed up. Enough to earn me death. And I believe that Jesus lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for me and rose again three days later. And I am ready tonight to say that he is the Lord, the king, the boss of my life. That's you and you looked up at me and that's your prayer. The Bible says you just went from death to life right there in that moment. The biggest decision you could ever make in your life. So here's the deal. I see two of you looking at me. So those of y'all looking at me, 
I don't want you to leave tonight before you catch one of these ladies here that's an adult and talk to them about it for a second, okay? Just really quick. It doesn't have to be a long thing. Just let somebody know that it happened, okay? Because the, the deal is what happens right here tonight when you make that decision is that your life starts. This is day one of the way your life was always meant to be. So why on earth would we make that decision and then just bury it down deep and not let anybody hear about it? Right? Like, this is day one of who you were always supposed to be. So, y'all talk to one of these adults before you leave, or me, or anybody, okay? Um, and then we will we will help you get your next steps going, okay? It's not just a thing that you do in a chair and you move on, okay? Cool. All right, if you didn't look up at me, go ahead and look at me now. Jesus loves you more than anybody else ever could, better than anybody else ever could. You can spend your whole life trying to get people to like you, but I promise you none of it's going to fulfill you like Jesus does. So you have to decide right now, am I going to trust Jesus' love for me over what other people tell me about whether they like me or not? Or am I going to keep looking for other people to make me feel better, make all my decisions based on what feels comfortable? The last blank is that just because it feels right doesn't mean that it is. Just because it feels right doesn't mean that it is. Think about that as you make your decisions every single day. Jesus knows better. Okay? We're going to wrap this series up next week, and after that we'll start a new one, and we'll bring in a new theme song that I think you guys are really going to like. But until then, I'm going to pray for us. And like I said, those of y'all who have started a relationship with Jesus tonight, make sure you talk to an adult before you leave, okay? Cool. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this story. Thank you for the people in this room who looked up. Um, and I pray that you help them to, um, to, to see how much you love them um, and trust you in every decision they, they make every single day. Um, for those that didn't look up, whether they have a relationship with you or not, God, I pray that you would help them to, to, to move closer to experiencing the love you have for them um, in every moment. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, remember, if you didn't check in already, check in at the iPad on your way out the door. Um, and remember, next Thursday, fall retreat sign-ups open at 12 p.m. We'll see you guys on Sunday.